75 for August 2009. It's the third anniversary podcast special. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to be your weekly supplier for comics and trade paperbacks, and they have discounts that make it easy to sign up. For instance, this month, Amazing Spider-Man number 610. The cover price is three bucks. Mail order has it for a dollar forty-nine, which is fifty percent off. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell the Crawl Space sent you. Welcome, webheads, to the August 2009 Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast. I'm Stella, taking over the intro, the intros of Brad Douglas. Uh, first off, we have Zach, aka Spidey Dude, the admin and author of CSA and the author of SpideyDude.com. He would like to be the Bella to Kevin's Ed. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Oh. Uh, the next one we have, he can bite my neck anytime, Kevin Cushing, <laughs> an admin and author of our very own webcomic, Crawl Space. And finally, uh, with the amount of Spider-Man knowledge he has, his head should be the size of Hulk's uh, enemy, fearless leader, JR. <laughs> nice. Good job, Stella. And rounding out the bottom three, I guess it's the uh, bottom of the ninth, uh, I'm Zach Joyner. As uh, apparently I'm in love with uh, Mr. Kevin Cushing. That's kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> running out the intros, the bottom of the intros this month is Mr. Mike Bailey, the uh, webmaster of FortressofBailey2.com. He also does the Crisis to Crisis podcast. He does whatever podcast you could possibly think of. Uh, he does this podcast, and he does the Views from the Lawn Box. is the one he's most famous for. And if you need him on a, in a quick bind, bam, he will uh, suddenly jump in because <laughs> he has that much time on his hands. Um, we also have Stella, as you just heard, the uh, one that loves to uh, nudge everybody. And she's an administrator <laughs> on the Crawl Space Message Board. <laughs> And all around great person, and uh, it's been she is celebrating her one year anniversary on being being on the Crawl Space uh, podcast. So congratulations, Stella! Yay! Woo! <laughs> and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brad. Wow! Well, thank you guys. Okay. It's not as easy as it seems, is it, to get those intros out? Very nice, guys. Well, anyway, congr- happy birthday, everybody! Eleven years ago. I started this website, and three years ago, I started the podcast. Instead of reviews off the top, we're going to do a little favorite moments of the podcast and the website. And let's start with Zach. He's been with me the longest, I think. Zach, when did you start coming to the site? I, uh, uh, when I started coming to the site was... I started coming back in 2002. Yeah. Uh, late 2002, and then I really started posting a lot on 2003. I have officially been in almost every incarnation wow. of the message board. 
Um, I actually visited once to the BraveNet board, mm-hmm. which was your very first message board, uh, but I never posted there. I just kind of We're going to hit three different favorite moments. We're going to give our favorite moments of the podcast, our most embarrassing moment of the cast, and our favorite memory of the board. So let's start with favorite memory of the podcast. Zach, what's your favorite memory? Uh, I got to say, it's a tie between Smackabitch <laughs> and Oscorn. Oscorn. I love the Oscorn. The Oscorn was great. The, the Oscorn ad should be at the end of every show, I think. <laughs> JR, I'm flattered. JR, you really could sell some popcorn if you wanted to. Uh, Kevin, what's your favorite moment of the podcast? I think I was uh, listening to last month's podcast just last night, and I heard JR's impression of me. <laughs> I think that was my favorite moment of the podcast. <laughs> he did do a good job. JR, you have two favorite moments from the podcast. <laughs> What's your? Well, I was trying to capture the frustrated writer part of Kevin's personality. So, uh, Jr., what's your favorite oh, you moment Kevin? of the past three years? My favorite moment. Well, you know, there's a lot of moments. I've really enjoyed it uh, these last three years. I appreciate Brad inviting me uh, along. But for whatever reason, this one memory stays in my mind, and I laugh every time I think about uh-huh. it. But in the interview with Peter David, right. when he started ripping on Venom six five four three seven's name, I love that part. Just, just him going off on that tangent and, you know, pretending to be Venom and going, oh, Venom 65436, oh, damn. And <laughs> I, I, I still, and then, and then 65437, Yahoo, I got a name. I mean, I, I, I can't do it justice. That was funny. But uh, I really like that moment. Uh, Stella, what's your favorite moment? Um, it's probably a tie between JR's dogs. <laughs> I will always cite that. It's one of the best times I've ever had listening to the show. And I think when it all of a sudden started with the whole uh, 12-inch Scarlet Spider, just the first time it was ever mentioned. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) That that was was the same episode as the dog. Oh, it was? That's funny. uh... (laughs) And our newest member to the show, Michael Bailey, what's your favorite moment from listening and being on it? Um, From being on it, I have to say... The Stella Fox News Zach's balls just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it was extreme. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. It's like somebody just suddenly punched everyone in the face. But I, I feel kind of bad. But my favorite favorite moment of the show listening has to be hearing Stanley swear. <laughs> because you know Stanley's like granddad. You know when he swears, you know it's just because he's had a. It, it's almost like he had, had had a few before getting on the podcast. <laughs> Because he was ripping into everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite moments, uh, it's kind of similar to what Michael said, just talking to Stan Lee is just amazing. I always thought that was really a lot of fun. And I, I love the elevator music that it took to open the pearly gates of heaven to talk to Stan Lee that I had to listen to. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Can we talk to Stan? Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. Also, um, when JR was on the road, and I had to talk to the front desk lady at his hotel room. <laughs> I, that was one of my favorites. I'm like, and it kept getting disconnected. I don't know what happened, but can I t- have room one, two, three, please? Yes, again. <laughs> yeah, that's still for that blooper cast you put yeah, out every now and then just to lift my spirits. Yeah. That poor, that poor girl at the front desk was like, "Who the fuck is calling this?" <laughs> <laughs> There's the first episode. Oh, there you the go. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be an anniversary without that. <laughs> We're also going to do most embarrassing moment of the cast. Stella, you got one? 
Um, I guess potentially either when I sneeze oh, God, on, the, uh, on the show <laughs> or when I asked what a fat one was because I legitimately did not know what it was. <laughs> and everyone else did. I was just out of that whole that, that inner circle, awesome. I suppose. Zach, uh, most embarrassing moment? Oh, God, there have been so many. I mean, particularly ones that Stella's burns about me. I mean, that's kind of. I, 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 gotta, I gotta say, I guess the ball dropping comment because I was just like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Let me guess. You heard that was, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real boy. Um, uh, but yeah, that that has to be problem because it wasn't really most embarrassing. I don't think I've had any like. God awful, embarrassing moments where I was completely mortified. I, I, I luck, knock on wood. Like, like your microphone you screwing up or something, but uh, th- that 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 was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> like when I listened to the playback before I got the new new headset, I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. I sound like ass. <laughs> I mean, I already. So, uh, Jr. Yeah. Most embarrassing moment. Well, um, besides uh, listening to all my us and you knows when I play back the podcast. Um, you know, uh, but uh, there are two, and actually they're the same type of embarrassment. When I had to leave in the middle of the podcast to deal with something, the first, well, obviously, was my dog barking. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Someone rang the doorbell, and I had to say, excuse me, and go answer it. Uh, and the second moment was when my wife started hollering at me from upstairs, because that was the, that, that was the first time I did Obadiah Stane. Uh, oh, yeah. The, you know, Tony Stark. Yeah, the first time I, I did Obadiah, and then she started going, what's going on down there? What's going on? And so I was like, excuse me, I got to go, and I had to answer what was going on. So those are my, I say, my embarrassing moments. Kevin, embarrassing moment? Well, I think I blocked out all the old ones, um, so I'm going to keep it contemporary. would be Zach, uh, Zach's undying love for me that Stella <laughs> declared at the beginning of this cat. Wow. <laughs> I was glad to make a connection. Mr. Bailey, you have an embarrassing moment so far? Um, yeah, that time you remember the time you ate chili before we got on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't embarrassing. That was just incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, no, I, would have, I, I would have to say uh, it, it would be not realizing that I had not hit the right mute button when I started coughing ah. and, and thinking that everything was going okay and apparently deafening everybody. And I felt really bad about that afterwards. <laughs> Um, my most embarrassing moment was, uh, I didn't have any of you guys on. I was interviewing Josh Keaton, who is the voice of Spider-Man on the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. And all of a sudden, my internet connection decided to give out. And I, I would reconnect him, and then it would give out again. So... I just thought it was kind of cool that I had Spidey's cell phone number, that I could call him and I'd say, you know what, dude, I'm sorry, my... ISP sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did he how, say? He was like, "I understand, dude. It's all right. We can do it tomorrow night." So he was really cool about it. But how cool is it? You get to call Spidey on his cell phone. I just thought that was really. I wonder if he has itsy bitsy spiders. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we're also going to hit up our favorite memory of the message board. Jr., do you have a favorite memory of all time? Well, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, beyond the fact that you were uh, generous enough to uh, give me my own board to discuss my articles, um, I would have to say that it's just what happened recently when uh, <laughs> all you guys uh, stood up for me when Sir Spidey went crazy on me. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, what a 16-year-old kid says about me, it, you know, doesn't matter because, like I said, my wife has said much, much worse to my face. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the truth. That is not an exaggeration. Well, I mean, I just let what he said roll off my back, but uh, yeah. but I did appreciate that uh, you know 
you know, it's a nice feeling even at my advanced age when you feel that people have your back because it was inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, what he did, you know, that he, that he went from, you know, insulting my comments, which is fair game, to for no reason at all insulting me. Yeah. And uh, I thought you guys dealt with it very quickly and very appropriately. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, <laughs> that it ultimately resorted. It ultimately became the event that it did. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I'm like I said, it's it's good to know people got your back. Kevin, f- favorite moment of the board? Well, uh, it's I guess kind of selfish, but I think I'd go with those early admin days after you brought me up to help you, and I just got to know you and Zach a lot better. I think we all started working together, and especially. Uh, once me and Zach went on our deleting frenzy when the board got, let's say, massively spammed by somebody we all know. <laughs> kind of a buddy cop movie type thing. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. That, was very, <laughs> uh, that was, that was Kevin and I's bonding moment. Z- Zach, what's, what, what's one of your favorite board moments? Oh, there's so many. Um, but I gotta yeah. say, uh, probably, <laughs> probably a tie between the two Sir Spidey incidents where Kevin and I did that massive deleting and then the uh, battle of epic proportions that was the most recent hacking. <laughs> I mean, uh, and how you guys, you know, backed me up. And, and just like JR said, I mean, uh, this guy was a douche. And so, you know, mm. I mean, but it, I mean, I, I really did appreciate you guys' hard work and, and everything right. like that. Uh, Stella? Um, <clears throat> I think it'd be a tie. Uh, the first one would be when I wrote the review dispelling the myth of the 12-inch Scarlet Spider oh. actually existing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And the uh, second one, which is, you know, a close, close second or a very close first, um, is actually <clears throat> the first time I ever private messaged Kevin because it <laughs> seems like that was the catalyst to, like, being friends with him and then all of a sudden um, moving up and being friends with Zach and you, Brad, and actually being invited um, onto this podcast. Yeah. So. And Mr. Bailey? Being made moderator out of nowhere. <laughs> no, because, you know, here's a promotion. You know, Brad, yeah, Brad asked me to write the reviews for Amazing Spider-Man, and I was very happy for that. And, you know, I was just kind of content, kind of chugging along with being the reviewer and being on the on the boards every once in a while. I can't devote as much time as I would like to to it. But uh, And then one day I like, you're a moderator. And then it was like 30 seconds later, it's like, oh, you're also on the podcast. I'm like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get promoted like this at work. What's going on? (laughs) Uh, uh, A close second would be the, uh, kind of like what JR was saying, how we all kind of banded together to fight the forces of a jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know... You know, I consider you all friends, mm-hmm. and I don't like it when I'm sitting around with the people I interact in in, in uh, outside of the internet uh, when somebody badmouths another person or starts talking trash about a friend of mine. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it. Uh, I'm not gonna take it online either. And it, it was just kind of a. It, it what it turned into was epic. But it was just kind of funny that he he made his first post and in quick succession Kevin. I and Spidey Dude all just kind of bounced on it. <laughs> it was like it was like a, a Greek chorus of "Oh no, you didn't!" <laughs> <laughs> you did not just go there. Seriously, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'd have to say my favorite memory of the boards. I've got three of them. Um, all the friends I've made. I mean, I've been online eleven years. I've made a lot of friends. I think you guys are the absolute best. Hence why you're on the show. 
uh, early, early favorite memory. I guess it wasn't so favorite, but, uh, Pop- <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, when the first movie came out, Pop-Tarts decided to put out <laughs> these coats that you could win some t-shirts. I don't even know, but. It, uh, no, it was, it was, it was a game. Yeah, they could win a game or something like that. Yeah, it was and coached they, to get into the game, and and uh, they it spammed the shit out yeah, of the board. It yeah, was, every every boy that ate a pop tart for breakfast decided to come on our message board and type in these codes on my message board, <laughs> asking to win a game. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so I, I I have no idea, and it was just weird. I I think they meant to go to the poptarts.com website, but they went to mine, and my whole board was just spam for like a month or so people asking for pop tart codes and i'm like what and <laughs> yeah. so an- another one i i just get a kick out of it when the pros come uh roger stern over the years roger stern peter david dan slot um steve wacker all of them have been on the board at some time and i just think that's kind of cool so that's my favorite moment moments that wraps up the retrospective so thanks guys that was pretty good we're moving on to our reviews. We've got three issues this month. We're going to review Amazing Spider-Man 599, the massively 104-page monster that is number 600, and we're going Clone Saga on annual number 36. I thought somebody'd scream with joy. What was that? Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reviews, there was no joy. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, I think we can plow through 599 pretty quick. I think <laughs> most of our time on 600, but. Uh, Likes and dislikes and a grade. Start off with Stella, 599. Okay. Um, I actually thought this was the best issue of the month. I'm sure I'll be alone in that. Um, so I, a couple pros I have is uh, Peter reminiscing about the first frat party that he went to with Harry. I thought it just really fit the moment and what was going on actually uh, contemporaneous with um, uh, the fight and everything. Um that the fact that Nora seems to finally be getting a large enough uh, story to actually be considered a minor character rather than, like, a minute character that appears once, like, one panel per issue. So now she actually has a story, and it seems like we're being teased that uh, there could be something else going on. Uh, and the final one is just the writing in general during the, uh, the fight, um, the, sort of the banter between... The Father and the Son, Osborns. I just thought that was spot on. Uh, my only two cons are the whole you disappoint me as a son seems repetitive and redundant, repetitive and redundant, because I feel like whenever <laughs> those two get together, Norman is always telling Harry that I am disappointed in you and I wish you were never born. And the other one is just the sexual innuendo um, between, um, well, I guess not between, but when Norman was saying that, uh, Lily decided to uh, participate in the experiment vigorously. Just the vigorously, I was just creeped out. I just thought it was creepy. That was unnecessary. Yeah, that's true. But I would give it an A. I thought it was wow. really a well-written um, issue. Mr. Bailey, uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pros of the issue were that I, I did think it was a, a well-written issue, despite being a little overblown in pa- places and. To a large extent, it was a, a satisfying end to American Sun as a whole. But my cons were, again, the the story wasn't about Peter going after Norman. It was about Harry versus Norman. Uh, I, I did kind of like the fact that Nora at the end kind of got an inkling of who she is dealing with. 
But yeah. at, at that same time, in that ending where we have Harry standing up for himself and really putting it on the line and saying, Dad, you have no control over me, he goes right back to seemingly taking drugs. And I thought that was a very, very poor way to end that story. It's like, here's all this character progression, so let's take it right back. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say B- minus overall. Okay. Kevin? Uh, my biggest dislike of the issue was actually Stephen Segovia's art on the first five pages. Um, it's been an arc with many, many artists, and that one in particular, I'm sure he'd look good on Marvel Apes or something, but not in <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. My biggest, biggest like would uh, actually be uh, Harry's dialogue in that flashback, which was also in the first five pages. Uh, I didn't necessarily go with the whole thing about you know him and Peter going to a frat party and all that stuff, but I did like just the character stuff with... Uh, Harry saying his dad had come to visit and he wanted to hit somebody and he didn't want it to be Peter. I just I liked I liked that sentiment from Harry. Uh, overall, I would give it. I'm going to agree with Mike and go with a B minus. Um, it was fairly breezy entertainment, nothing too bad, but there wasn't really a whole lot of tension because this isn't crawl space, so Harry's not going to kill Norman. Right. Okay, Jr. Um, I give the issue overall a B. Uh, my favorite part uh, was uh, uh, like with um, I think like Michael mentioned the ending when uh, Nora gets that uh, video email and she finds out that Norman Osborne knows exactly who she is and what she's been doing mm-hmm. and that, that is I think that's really a, a really a chilling moment uh, and it was done well. My dislike is that I thought Harry beat Norman too easily, um, you know because one Norman is is the only super only superhuman of the two. Uh, he also has the experience with the Iron Man hardware, uh, and, you know, Harry is putting on something that he has never used before, that he shouldn't know how it works. Um, I mean, it's logical that Harry beat Norman. I mean, that's just, that's the logical ending of the story. I just thought he did it too easily, uh, given the circumstances, um, and I would like that to be a little bit more credible. Um, but I really didn't have a problem with him going back to the drugs at the end because that I think is typical of an addictive personality. I mean, mm-hmm. he's an Osborne, he's got an addictive personality. And it really it isn't disingen- it really isn't a disconnect that at the moment of his greatest triumph, it would also be a moment of m- massive failure as well. I mean, that's that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with an addict. So, uh, that didn't bother me too much, but uh, but anyway, I give it an overall B. I thought it was a good ending to the story. Okay. Zach, wrap it up. Zach, <laughs> I had a, sorry, I had to take it off mute. Um, <laughs> I was coughing. Um, my, uh, my, this arc had so much potential, and I think it ended on a thud. Uh, I, I liked the fact that Harry grew some balls. I, it's about time. <laughs> uh, it's a great arc in terms of Harry. Norman is, you know, in his character progression. Norman is going to be Norman, and you know, he's always an ass. Uh, I actually like Nora and Lily better after this arc because uh, they're actually better characters, I think. And I'm glad it all got wrapped up by the end of by by 599. It didn't bleed over to 600. Um, I but it's always a but. I don't like the fact that that Spider-Man was a secondary character in his, in his own book for almost two months. It, yeah. It's okay for maybe a couple of issues, but a whole two months almost. It's not. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't work for me. Um, the art was terrible. 
I hated the art. I hated the inconsistency of the art. Uh, we had 27 different artists in this book. Uh, <laughs> no, it was really, I think, what, three? But, I mean, it, it seemed like every couple of pages we got a different artist. I, I think the deadlines are getting tighter and tighter on the uh, on the webheads. So I think that we're, there, we're, we're going to see a lot more rotating artists for each book. We, we were not going to have the consistency we had before. Okay. So what's, uh, your, my, what's your grade? My grade to C minus. Okay. It just it I, it, it kind of ended on a thud for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my one like is the Richard Nixon cover variant. I picked that up. You got to love bell bottom <laughs> Spidey and chest hair coming out of the front of his uh, suit and the afro. Loved it. <laughs> I, I, don't I got know, that one too, Brad. I, I don't always buy uh, variants, but I had to pick up that 70s variant, which I think is kind of cute. Uh, dislike of the story, uh, it takes four people to pencil this book. I mean, come on now. Who do we hit? Uh, and four guys I've never even heard of. We've got uh, Steven Segovia, Marcos Cheetos, uh, or Chekachetto, uh, Paulo Sigurdiferiva, and Emil Santos. So, yeah, just the arts, you would think with a uh, big four-parter, it would end on a uh, bang, but it ended on a dud, kind of like what Zach said, ended on a whimper. Uh, grade B-, minus, borderline C-plus out of me. Uh, there we go. Uh, let's tackle 600. We're going to have to spend more time on this one. Uh, let's. We're going to do our uh, one favorite, one uh, dislike, our favorite backup and our least favorite backup for these reviews. So let's do the spider historian who's been around since amazing 100. Did you pick that off the stand, JR, or was it 200 you picked up off the, the new stand? Uh, actually, uh, my mother picked up 100 off the – no, I did pick up 100 off the stands. There you go. Uh, but unfortunately, I lost it, so I had to uh, – uh, in fact, no, I haven't got – I've never gotten the original again, though. So Okay. Um, so you want me to start with the uh, the likes and dislikes? Likes and dislikes, please. All right. Uh, I'd say the uh, the quasi family moment with the Fantastic Four at the end, uh, teaming up with the Torch, mm-hmm. uh, who flirts with Nora and Carly as they're being held captive by Doc Ock, and then he tells Carly she's got the naughty librarian thing going for. <laughs> I thought that was a, I thought that was a good moment. Uh, nice. Yeah, I liked how the Torch was worked into the story, but he didn't overshadow the star. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Uh, my dislike. I did not like the setup with Peter and Michelle, uh, the roommate, going to the wedding together because yeah. it's almost an almost hit you over the head moment with what of what's going to happen later. Right. Uh, which when it did, it absolutely appalled me. But that's a story for another time. So that's my like and dislike. Okay. And what's your favorite backup and what's your least favorite backup? Um, at first, I thought it was too corny, but it actually grew on me a little bit. Uh, the Stan Lee story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Stan. You know, I th- I think Stan's past his prime as far as writing, and I haven't like. I certainly didn't like that Spidey meets Stan Lee issue. Although I don't know if Stan actually wrote for that or not. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it, I like I, as I as I read it again. Uh, I like the way that it poked gentle fun at all the goofy things that have happened in the title over the years, like the six arm thing and the lizard thing and turning into a Hulk. You know, just dumb stuff like that. And then it and then it subtly made fun of the whole one more day thing. Well, I was married to her, then I wasn't. Then she was pregnant, then she wasn't. I thought that was I liked that. You know, so <laughs> uh, my least yeah. favorite backup would probably be the Aunt May story because I thought it was rather repetitive of a moment in the original story. Uh, you know, the original story, she was looking for a sign, and she felt she got one when 
JJJ Sr. was saved, uh, you know, feeling he had someone watching out for him. Then we have a whole separate story of May asking for a sign. I just thought it, that was repetitive and not needed. So, what's your grade for the main main uh, story? Oh, uh, the main story, I'll give it a B minus. Yeah. Overall for the book. Uh, well, you know, kind overall, of hard, kind of hard to do that actually. <laughs> it is, but I, I tell you yeah. what, I'll give it an A. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I'll give it an A is because I felt that uh, Marvel delivered the goods. Yeah. You know, maybe the stories weren't so great, but they gave us a lot of pages. It was all new content. Uh, it was priced reasonably. Um, I mean, I think it was, you know, maybe the story wasn't a, a, a you know, a, a monumental moment in Spidey history, but I think they really did outdo themselves in trying to deliver a special issue for the fact that it was number 600. So kudos to Marvel on that. I give it a... All right, Stella? Okay. Um, I, too, was happy with the amount of content put in there, so I think that right there is a pro for me. I really thought that the the banter between Spider-Man and the Avengers was spot on. I actually thought, I think that might have been one of the more funny things that happened this year because sometimes they try really hard, but it doesn't work out for them. But I think this time it really did work. Um, MJ's appearance, just seeing her again made me happy. I mean, not necessarily the way they did it, but just seeing her again made me happy. Um, and the whole Aunt May saying, Anna Watson, what have you done? thought that was a great quote. Uh, the cons, I'd say um, Spidey sort of out of the blue and without thinking, offering to reveal his identity to Daredevil uh, seemed yeah. very out of place and random, and I did not really know where that was coming from. Like, I guess I, I can't even explain it. Um, and the <laughs> other one is Doc Ock, why all of a sudden he would want to do this great thing and be a hero. And um, another thing about Doc Ock is why all of a sudden all these top-notch villains are becoming terminal. First it's uh, Venom, and now it's Doc Ock. They're just, like, killing them off, giving them these terrible diseases. Uh, I thought overall it was a blander issue than I was anticipating since it was 600, something that should have been landmark. So I, it's teetering on the edge of a B minus C plus. Okay. Um, my favorite backup issue would be the identity crisis. I just thought I thought that was really cute and funny. And there's a tie for my least favorite between the what would I do if I were Spider-Man and the whole fight at the museum where they're joking about the car. I just I didn't really no. get the point of that, but it's yeah. my opinion. Cool. Uh Kevin, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> You've been All right, everyone go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Hit it, Kevin. Well, you got me to one do you have any yeah, likes? You got me to one like and one dislike, so it's going to be shorter than it bloody could be. Okay. But um, my only real like of the main story was the Alex Ross cover. That was uh, that was some pretty stuff right there. Yeah. Um, my biggest dislike out of all the dislikes for the main story would be New Ock. Yeah. Um, not not only uh, is this the fact that he's kind of plugged himself into the whole city and you know he's just kind of sitting there controlling everything. It feels like a rehash of Dr. Octopus is the Internet from the Scarlet Spider titles back in the 90s, and you do not want to rehash that bullshit. <laughs> um, but even bigger than that, these guys keep talking about not breaking things because, you know, we're the stewards uh, of the Spider-Man mythos for the future, so we can't have him married or anything, and yet we're giving Dr. Octopus about eight months to live and putting him in this little apparatus so he looks like a pussy and 
I don't know how the hell this is stewardship for the future. They basically oh set it up so somebody, they're not going to kill him. If they do kill him, somebody's just going to have to bring him back. And if they don't kill him, somebody's going to have to do a cheesy story bringing him back to iconic status. So either way, this was just transitory bullshit with Dr. Octopus, and I did not think it worked at all. Um, given the main story an F because it sucked. Um, best backup story would be My Brother's Son by Mark Wade and Colleen Doran. Uh, I started out kind of iffy about that one where, uh, you know, Uncle Ben was raising Peter and he just wasn't quite sure how to get through to him. But I kind of saw where it was going with, uh, you know, little Peter wanted to, uh, wanted that approval of Uncle Ben instead of just saying that uh, his dad was proud of him. I kind of saw where it was going, but I still I still liked it. It was still kind of touching uh, when they got to it. So that was my favorite. And um, my least favorite would be those several covers that you'll never see. Um, it was either really, 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 really obscure references like the uh, uh, Batman and Superman Sons thing with Cage and Spider-Man, or it was really poor taste like the 70s one with him saying fire on those hippies <laughs> so overall i'd probably give the package a c because of the same reasons gar there were there was that good effort with 104 pages of new stuff but main story gets an f even with romina jr artwork yeah i i really like romina jr but he's just he's I think a lot of it's the coloring and the inking. He doesn't look as impressive to me today as he used to, so he doesn't take away from a story like a, the artist of 599, but he also doesn't just make a story anymore. Okay. Uh, Zach, likes, dislikes? Um, I'm going to do this We Didn't Start the Fire style. That's okay. Um, I love J.R. Jr., J.R. Sr.'s cover, Doc Ock somewhat being a mad mother trucker. The, the, the covers, <laughs> every backup story without Gail, MJ is back, Michelle... Michelle, uh, New York Jets, Mark Sanchez, Jersey, first round. Zach didn't start the fire. Stanley, Steve, Ditko. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to do that, but I decided not to. General Rita, Senior, Junior. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. Riley and some clones. You know, what, you know what's gonna happen tonight? I'm gonna write. I'm gonna do a parody of it tonight. I'll do it, dude. To be awesome, do it awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll try to do a parody of it tonight. Um, Mary anyway. Jane was pregnant and she lost the baby. <laughs> Norman didn't start the fire. He Nothing had a like this bomb and he blew it up. The, the bugle up. Sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I totally just stepped all over your review. I couldn't resist. <laughs> hey, you've done it to me like a billion times, so I feel I just. <laughs> I don't step on you intentionally. I just nudge you. Yeah. He's okay, just anyway. got big feet. Okay. What, what, okay. What was your dislikes? Uh, my dis my dislikes were Bob Gale um, yeah. sucks ass. <laughs> um, his uh, writing sucks ass. Don't well, attack. <laughs> okay. His, his writing sucks ass. I'm sorry. I need to uh, need to because well because it, it, it just felt forced. This that whole that whole backup story was awful. I was like, okay, we already had this in the main story. Uh, another thing, like Kevin brought it up, but whoever is doing the coloring on John Romita Jr.'s artwork needs to be smacked <laughs> upside the head. Yeah. Um, they're very muted. They're very muddy. It's not as bad as it was during character assassination, but still, it was bad. Um, I really – I liked the, the, the main story. I, 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 the only thing I didn't like was um, Gaunt being mixed in with Doc Ock. <laughs> 
Alright, um, that's what I didn't like. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, that's two Clone Saga references to this crappy Doc Ock. <laughs> exactly. Ah, ah, ah. Go ahead. I think the, uh, honestly, I, do, I will say this though, I think the cartoon did this sto- this idea better. Uh, in season two, um, I, I liked I liked their their version better than I did this version. Overall, I liked the fact that we had the Fantastic Four. Slot knows how to write the Fantastic Four and Spidey together. Yeah. He does. So what's nailed, your, what's nailed, your grade? I would give it an A. I'm going to be complete okay. opposite of I'm going to be complete opposite of uh, Mr. Kevin. So yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, mine least favorite. Well, well, let me scroll up. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I almost said I like the Richard Nixon cover. You don't want to hear that again. Uh, I like, uh, kind of like what everybody else said. I like how you got your money's worth, 104 pages, uh, with, uh, ama- literally amazing artwork out of Romita Jr. I think he was rushed just a little bit, but, uh, still, I think he can do no wrong in my opinion. And I also like the, uh, the banter with the Human Torch and the Return of Mary Jane after what, 40 issues? 30 issues? I don't know. It's always good to see MJ back. Uh, Dislikes, I don't like that, uh, they're always screwing around with Doc Ock's appearance. He was, he had the Matrix look when the uh, second movie came out. I thought that looked dumb. He had like a six pack of abs or something. And now he's kind of looking like, I have no idea what he looks like now. I just, he's a fat guy in a green suit with arms. That's what Doc Ock is. I don't think we need to screw around with him that much. Fat guy in a green suit with some arms. <laughs> Uh, least favorite backup uh, was If I Were Spider-Man. It's kind of like if a seven-year-old wrote a story with some crayons. Uh, Mario Alberti, <laughs> artist, Bob, writer, Bob Gale. Just, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of Bob Gale. I'm not a fan of Zeb Wells either. Uh, they, they, their writing just doesn't speak to me. I'm sorry. Uh, favorite backup, pretty much what everybody else said, Identity Crisis by Stan Lee and Marcos Martin. I think Martin reminds me a lot of Ditko. Uh, and I, I, I think with that story, it, it spoke to a lot of Spider fans that are confused. She was pregnant. He was married. They lost a baby. He's single. I mean, we're, we all want those questions answered. I mean, I don't think they'll ever do it. But uh, I thought it was also funny to have a classic uh, doctor. Only Stan Lee can name this doctor Gray Matter. <laughs> I just thought it's a typical Stan Lee name. So I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, A minus out of the main story overall. A for the uh, getting your money's worth. We're gonna tackle uh, one more book. Uh, this hey, Brad. Yo. Hey, Brad. Yo. Uh, you didn't give Mike his say on number six hundred. Oh well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, it's Michael, like I'm sorry. I, I'm trying. No, to it's cool. Go ahead, Mike. You know, I, I wrote like a six-page review for it, so it's not like I haven't had my. Six I really, it's funny. I really did think I got to you. I hit it, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, like is, I thought it was a good anniversary tale, mm-hmm. and uh, mixed in with that, John Romita Jr. really made this story for me. I loved seeing him draw Daredevil again, because uh, you know I like his Spidey. I really, really like his Daredevil, um, and and it, and it felt like a big event. Uh, dislikes were just the overall, like, Ock thing has not sat well with me since reading the story. I, like, think back on it, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of a, a lame way to try to, to prove you're a hero, but, you know, it, it served the story. But my least favorite was the Family Guy reference, where he, where Spider-Man says everyone gets one. Yeah. Uh, that, that smacks that to me funny. a very... 
I thought it was funny, but it also smacks to me of lazy writing. <laughs> like Slot couldn't come up with his own thing, so he had to reference what somebody else said about Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so that those were my least favorite. Favorite backup, got to go with Kevin. My brother's son brought a man tear to my eye. I mean, I thought it was a really touching little story uh, showing, you know, Uncle Ben realizing what he had to do as a father figure in uh, Peter's life. And least favorite was Fight at the Museum, mainly because, again, lazy artwork. Do we have to have comic book guy as the dude showing everybody around? <laughs> that's not funny. That's not e- – I mean, that's – that's. Not funny I mean, what are you trying to serve with that? I mean, are, oh, and he's on a Segway, so he's fat and can't walk. That's great. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It was just stupid. It, it, it had a point, but God, Zeb Wells sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, ma- sorry that I just <laughs> moved on. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 36. Uh, we're going back to the Clone Saga. So, Zach, you hit it off first. Likes well, like in a grade. Okay. My, uh, I gave this a, a D, essentially, on my, on, my, on my website. But I'm going to give it uh, – now that I've reread it, I'm going to give it probably a – C plus as my grade. Um, I really the, my my biggest like was hey Ben Riley's reference for once. No doubt. Um, it's been ten I, years. It's been ten years since he's actually been a part of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, whereas you you might have like oh I had clones or you know stuff like like little offhand comments, but um, this was actually a story where Ben Riley was a indirect char- central character. Um, I don't, I don't like the fact that that Ben Riley could potentially be a killer. Uh, that doesn't sit well with me. But I think it was, and I think once I got over, um, once I got over the the, the syndrome known as um, whiny thyroid fanboy syndrome, or WTFS, or for short, um, I, uh, I I was a little better with it. Um, I, I'll tell you right now, Aunt May's family sucks balls. <laughs> Where were they the last twelve hundred times she was dying? Okay, of course you could say Peter Parker didn't know, but it's still a but a simple. Well, I know we've been estranged for a long time, May, but we're here to support you. That would have been nice. And I still bet five that JJJ Senior is going to get shanked by the end of the year by someone with someone with a spork in their hand. Okay, uh, it's just too too good to be too good to be true. Your grade? My grade is a uh, C plus. Okay, Jr. Uh, as much as uh, whining that I've done about the whole uh, Aunt May Jay Jonas Senior relationship, I do like the added dimension that it's given to Peter and Jonah's relationship, and how Peter continues to irritate him by intimating mm-hmm. that they are now brothers. You know, and then Jonah comes back and says, "Call me bro one more time, Parker, and I'll light a cigar just to put it out in your eye." My, <laughs> uh, uh, I love I Jr. Do- impressions. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, dislike um, is it's another one of those irritating soap opera elements the appearance of relatives who have never been heard of or hinted at before in the last 45 years um, I don't want to go so far to say that it's never been mentioned that Aunt May has a sister because it may have been and I just don't remember but I sure don't remember it yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean that's kind of something you know if you have a sister I mean you know, I, I, that's just some, that's a significant relative. It's not like it's your fourth cousin or something. So that, uh, that I felt was uh, a bit, um, just, I didn't like it. So I give it an overall a C. Okay, Kev? 
Um, my biggest like of the story, I think, would be the Clone Saga flashback panels because, well, those are always fun. Uh, except, of course, the one they screwed up. What was but, that? Um, well, they screwed that up. was the one where they they showed a panel from Lost Years of Ben Riley and Elizabeth Tyne and said it was Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was not. <laughs> um, my biggest dislike. I missed that. Fail. <laughs> would be um, in one fell swoop. We have both another moment of Jay is way too freaking perfect when he finds the family, and then I'm with the other guys. Where the hell have these Rileys been? Uh, oh, my long-lost family, who have just been in a close state all together with the same name they always had. How could I never have found you? <laughs> so it was that was really terrible. <laughs> and yeah. they did it, obviously, just so... Peter Parker could be at a Riley family reunion, so this villain could mistake him for Ben Riley. Uh, it was it was all very very crap. Um, so my grade on this one's going to be an F. Dang! <sighs> I need to just give you a hug, uh, Michael. <laughs> what's your grade, sir? And your likes and dislike? Uh, I'm going to give it a C. Uh, I kind of dug that there was a 90s feel to it, but at the same time, there was a 90s feel to it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, my, the thing I disliked the most was the very beginning where the house is burning down and you have the guy look up and it's Peter Parker and it's made, you know, it makes us think who, who know who, who Ben Riley is that, ooh, it's Ben Riley, uh, when I don't believe for a second that it is because that's way too obvious. You know, it's it's not like there weren't other people who might be able to clone, you know, Peter Parker. You know, uh, it wasn't Kane a clone of Peter Parker as well. Yeah, yeah. He's so the clone that didn't really work. Uh, though part of me did like the fact that uh, that and didn't like the fact that the villain's name was Raptor. On one hand, it's like, hey, that's really '90s. On the other hand, it's like, hey, that's uh, that's really '90s. Uh. <laughs> I mean. I, I, I mean, so 90s that it's named after a, a character in a popular movie from 1993, Jurassic Park. I mean, this <laughs> feels like it should have come out back then. Yeah. Uh, and I'll agree with everybody else. Where the hell have these Rileys been? This is very... I don't want to call it lazy writing because it's not, but at the same time, it's, it's just... It's just... Ah, oh, God. Yeah, see. <laughs> I can't go on. Stella? more. It's me, a Spider Girl Earth of Six Athena from Italy. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> what the? We have a clone doing a review suddenly. What the? Um, okay, so the, my pro is a nerdy pro. Uh, sometimes I accuse the writers of not thinking through things like you don't understand girls because that one park scene was just terrible. But when Peter was falling out the window and deciding that he's going to try to cling to that glass and slow his momentum down and deciding that this is really going to hurt, I really appreciated that because, yes, that would hurt. And, you know, the sound effect of him, like, getting, yeah, scraped up. So that would be my pro. I appreciated them thinking through there. The con is the, the joke about the sister that, you know, they have a black sheep in the family that they don't talk to. I don't know why people find those things amusing. And perhaps it hits me because that's something I actually deal with. But I don't know why people find those things at all some sort of funny. So I would give it a C. I guess it's an okay intro for Ben Riley, but I don't know. It's It was odd, I suppose. It was just an odd Fail. issue. So yeah. uh, I, I generally tread in the middle of the Clone Saga. Some of it was okay. Some of it was horrible. And I think it's hilarious 
that I'm giving it the highest grade out of everybody. I'm giving it an A. Uh, uh. <laughs> I like I liked it a lot. Uh, I like that uh, they're talking about Ben Riley after all these years. I like Pat Olaf artwork. I thought it was a fun little story. It had some good J. Jonah Jameson digs. Um, Raptor seems cool. I don't know. I just oh, he's a bird. No, wait, he's like Jurassic Park. I thought that was neat. Uh, the only dislikes I don't like incest jokes. The hot cousins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? What? Wow. Pe- Peter's gonna gonna make out with some two hot cousins? I mean, this isn't a oh. Arkansas well, family reunion. I mean, my goodness. Anyway, the Which reality slap. I. <laughs> anyway, I, I just think it's a nice setup for Ben Riley uh, to come back. I I just think it was really good, and it, and it, unlike most annuals. This one didn't suck. Annuals have sucked for years. And, and uh, continuing the trend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, A out of me. So there. <laughs> All right, let me hit. Yeah, I just don't get that because uh, I, I want a Ben Riley reference as much as the next guy, but a Ben Riley reference isn't good enough. I would have held out for a better story, personally. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. I want a Ben Riley reference all day long, sideways, upside down, twice. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right, enough with the reviews. We're going to tackle some uh, topics this month in Spider News. It looks like uh, we're going to go back to one of my favorite eras of Spider-Man. Uh, a new miniseries was announced at the Chicago Comic-Con called Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Uh, we're going to look at the Secret Wars through Spidey's point of view. And let's see, JR was around when the Secret Wars came out. JR, <laughs> what do you think of going back 25 years ago, looking at it from different eyes? Uh, I have... Uh no interest in any kind of secret secret wars redux. Um, the first time around, I got bored with it after issue number four, quit buying it because it seemed to me that it was just going to be back and forth, back and forth, fights between the heroes and villains to pad out the 12 issues. Mm-hmm. Plus, they'll probably each cost three ninety nine. so I, I'm not interested at all. You've totally dumped all miniseries, if I remember correctly. Pretty well, yeah. Yeah, pretty Are well. You, anybody else going to pick this up? But uh, I'm not interested in it personally. It's uh, it's written by the guy that writes Marvel Adventures, and the preview art they've put out looks really cartoony, so it looks like something that's kind of for kids. Yeah. Stella, you going to pick this up? I don't think so. I definitely agree. I was looking at the the just the cover arc, and I was just like, this looks too too childish for me. I don't think I could take it seriously. So. Yeah. Bailey, how about you? Are you going to pick it up? I think you, you like Secret Wars, right? I enjoyed it. I... You know, Spider-Man was such a focal point of Secret Wars. I don't know what else you can you can bring. Are we going to do like two full uh, issues of him like looking at the black costume for like an hour? I mean, I mean seriously. I mean, Bendis I is not writing. <laughs> sure enough, but I, I just it's it's like one of those things that seems to be like, hey, we really can't let go of anything. Let's let, let's bring back the Secret Wars for a second. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the creative team on it is, uh, Paul Tobin, uh, who writes Marvel Adventures Spider-Man, and the artist is Patrick, uh, Scherberger, who drew, uh, Chris Claremont's G-Next. So, it's not like they really got, uh, top-of-the-line guys on this. I mean, no offense to them, but, uh, I, I would like some artwork similar to Mike Zeck and, uh, Bob, oh, what's his name that drew Iron Man for years? Uh, Layton. Bob Layton. He did, those two did the, the original one, and it wasn't very cartoony looking back in the 80s, so. I'll, 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 I'm a geek though, I'll probably buy it, cause I love Secret Wars. 
We Corey, know you, Brad. I know. Zach, are you going to pick it up? <laughs> bah. That's all I have to say. Okay. Bah. <laughs> Ladies and Humbug. gentlemen, his sheep has talked. Um, <laughs> let me out. Let me out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh, nothing like a sheep reference joke. All right. Oh, wait. Gonna, uh, <laughs> as we've uh, summarized, nobody's picking it up except me, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> You fail. That sounds so sad. I know. It's just, well, and George, George Behrman has told me he's going to pick it up because he likes Secret Wars, too. So our next topic we're going to hit is uh, the Spider-Woman motion comic. And this is this ought to be a good debate. It looks like Bendis and Alex Maleev, I think is his name, is going to put out uh, a motion comic. It's going to be available through iTunes. And... um, what do you guys think of this? Bailey, I want to hear your thoughts off the top. What do you think of motion comics? Um, I, I don't see anything wrong with them. I, I've seen a couple of the DC motion comics, and they're fine. But at the end of the day, i got to keep going back to the fact that it's not a comic book anymore. It's animation. You know, the, the great thing about comic books is that they are a rare art form where they involve the reader in a way that a movie or a novel can't. When you have three panels lined up, and in panel one, somebody's cocking back their fist. In panel two, the fist is in mid-flight. And in panel three, it lands on somebody's face. Your mind is making that uh, that motion happen, you know, mm-hmm. subconsciously or consciously. And when And that's why I like comics. That's why I like reading comics, because it has the ability to freeze time and play with time in a way that a movie can't. Because, you know, a novel is all internal. It's all what you're seeing. And a movie is somebody really giving you what their thought is. And with a comic, even with the artist doing what they do, it's still involving you and engaging you on a level that most other art forms can't. And by putting motion into the comic and by adding animation, you know, I think it detracts from the overall experience. Just call it a cartoon and get it over with. We've had motion comics since the 60s. They were called those Marvel cartoons (laughs) that Gantrey Lawrence put out, which were literally panels of comics with a little bit of animation in them. Yeah. I, uh, in my opinion, I, I, I'll, I'll give you that it's not a comic, but I also think it's the future. I think, uh, we've, we've lost the impulse buy of the comic book at the gas station, at the supermarket, etc. But we have a, a society of kids who love iTunes and they love their digital media. And I think this is a way for Marvel to sell them a product. What do you think? Uh, I don't think this is even close to the future, personally. It's All it is is really crappy cartoons. Uh, kids are smart enough to look at this and say, well, why doesn't this flow better like my Saturday morning cartoons? This this looks like crap. <laughs> it's really it's not as good as a comic book for comic book fans. It's not as good as a cartoon for cartoon fans. It's somewhere in the middle kind of trying to meld them but coming out with what's basically a really poor man's cartoon. Yeah, I, I, this this is this is... This is fail. I mean, I I've used that word a lot today, but but I, I it's not. The, I don't think it's the future, Brad. I disagree with you. I yeah. think it's. I think it's. I I think that the. I, I mean, I I tried watching the Watchmen, mm-hmm. uh, motion comics, and it made me want to punch somebody. 
Okay, well, so I, I, I've tried that. It failed miserably, I think, with the Watchmen, even though everybody's like, oh, my God, Watchmen! But um, uh, I, I just don't, I don't like it. it I, I don't think it... I, I think you're right with it being the digital media. I really do see, like, eventually it having an iTunes for comics. Uh, I will agree with you on that point, but on the point of it be, this particular version of comics being the future, quote-unquote... Uh, I, I disagree. I, well, what, I, I, what's the future if it's not digital? I, I think it's like uh, the, the, the I think it's digital, but mm-hmm. not the motion comics. I don't think motion comics are the future. I don't think sitting at your computer reading a book is the future either. Well, I th- no, because because it's going to be a Kindle like thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, and, and I don't want to get into that because I have very very strong opinions on on, on some of the crap that Amazon and other publishers have pulled with Kindles, but it is going to be an electronic reader of some sort. Kind of like a Star yeah. Trek pad, I guess. Yeah. 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 Straight up. Well, which uh, you might see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad, you need a Star Trek pad. You're probably going to see that later on this year. The Apple is talking about, or there's been rumors that Apple is going to release a, what essentially is an oversized iPod tablet PC. Yeah. It's going to have Kindle capability and stuff like that. So you're going to probably see that. And they've all, they've already had the Microsoft already made that giant uh, coffee table where you can do all the touch screen and stuff like that that they have in clubs in like Vegas. Mm-hmm. So you might see that. That's probably the future. And the biggest problem I have against this motion comment is the fact that it was the whole entire reason why the book was taken off of the solids and then put back on. Because um, if the motion comic doesn't keep on the time frame, then they will not put out the comic because they want them to come out at the same time. And so I was really pumped for this comic to begin with. When was it supposed to come out? May? And yeah. now it's it's Last due year. September. Yeah, so, it's been a long time. Yeah. So I think that's my main problem. If they can't keep on track with comics, then this is even more of an investment. So I just feel like this is going to throw off a lot of things, and I will be upset as a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. As far as my two cents, is this going to have any voiceover work at all, or is it yeah. – or? Rob, it will yeah. have some voice, though. Yeah, it does. Well, and unfortunately, I don't have anything more to add, really, than Michael and, uh, oh, God, was it Kev or uh, Zach? Uh, who's Zach. Yeah, because, you know, I like comics. I like cartoons. I'm, I'm not so sure what something in the middle will bring. And, and like Michael mentioned, I've seen those dreadful 60s cartoons with the Hulk, for example, where it's just the Kirby images that kind of move around, and then the mouths are animated. That's... No, we've been through that. I, I, I'm not interested in this in the slightest. So, would you guys buy it for a dollar? No. 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 Anybody would no. not buy it for a dollar? No. no. Actually, it might be worth it for a dollar. Yeah. Well, because, much? I mean, if Only a three-minute song is 99 cents, <laughs> yeah. then a 22-page comic, which could potentially be around 13 minutes, that's actually kind of a good deal. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't look at this thing for free just because it, it looks really crappy and I don't want to have – I don't even like cartoons on the whole. I don't want to have to sit here and watch a crappy cartoon, and that's that's pretty much what uh, the Spider-Woman comic is going to depend on for me. I've got the first two issues ordered, but if I, if I have to watch the motion comic to keep up with that story, it's not going to get me into the motion comic. It's going to make me drop the comic book. Mm, yeah, it'll be just another failure. Well, I, I think they have to do something. They, their distribution, I, I think Bailey, did, was it you last month that quoted Mark Wade about there's two problems with comics? Yeah, dis- distribution and price point. So, and, it, yeah. 
Well, I mean, okay, when it comes to price point, do like they used to do, do the recycled paper, do, you know, get away no, from No, no, these- no, but Zach, that, the, I hate to cut you off, but the cheap paper is now just as much uh, money-wise as the expensive paper because there isn't as big a demand for cheap newspaper-type uh, paper anymore because, you know, newspapers are dying, comics aren't printed on it anymore, so it, it, it's just as economically, uh, it, it's not economically viable to do that. I just think well, it, I, I just think it solves both of their problems, their distribution and their price point. Well, except it sucks. I mean, the problem <laughs> is it's not, <laughs> it's not, motion comics aren't comics. I mean, they need, I'm sure you're right, the future is digital. But they need to work on actually getting comic books online. And turning them into a crap cartoon is not how you do it. You need to get comic books online, and you need to do it in a way that's better than this whole Marvel Digital Comics thing, where you have to pay a certain yearly and get a bunch of comics that are in a fairly crappy comic reader. They need to work on revamping that whole idea before they start thinking about bad bad cartoons. And how much did you pay for that, Kevin, if you had a good reader? Uh, well, me, I'm gonna hold on to print as long as I can, but yeah. I, I'm averse to change. <laughs> I mean, I know there are a lot of people that would, especially you know the younger generation you talk about, that would want to uh, would want to read their comics online. All your people that are illegally downloading them right now, you know, if you give them a more iTunes-like way to do it, uh, then certainly not all of them are gonna switch, but that's gonna help. Me, I'm gonna hold on to paper as long as possible, but I'm not really the one they're trying to target with online stuff. Okay. Zach, do you have one more point before we move on? Um, no. Uh, okay. uh, Kevin, Kevin kind of summed it up perfectly. Okay, we're going to move on to uh, this month of Spider History. We're going back to August of 1991, which was also an anniversary uh, month for Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man number 350 came out uh, with an Eric Larson cover, a title called Doom Service. Uh, David Michelinie wrote it, and uh, let's see, what else came out this month? We had Spectacular Spider-Man number 179 with uh, Ma- uh, Michael Bailey's favorite villain, Vermin, <laughs> written by J.M.D. Mateus and Sal Buscema, our friend. And also this month was a lot of Spider-Comics came out. We have Web of Spider-Man number 79, titled First Blood, written by J.R.'s favorite, Terry Cavanaugh. Uh, Alex Savick uh, was the penciler. We also had Adjectiveless Spider-Man number 13, written by Todd McFarlane, artist Todd McFarlane, inker Todd McFarlane, cover Todd McFarlane, letterer Todd McFarlane, and it has Spider-Man the Black Costume, which is ripping off of the uh, the issue number one that he did. I think that was a Morbius issue, if I'm correct, Kevin? It was. Yes. It was. Did you like that one? Uh, I kind of did. It was uh, okay. part one of the two-part Sub-City arc. Um, I, I don't know. I like they were trying to do something different with Morbius, and I, I think for the most part it was a fairly entertaining story. I'm not a big fan of Todd McFarlane, but I liked what he was trying to do there. There was some good stuff in it, but it wasn't a great comic. Also that came out this month was Deadly Foes of Spider-Man number four. We also had Ghost Rider volume two, number 16, written by Howard Mackey and Mark Textra. Uh, and we had, can you tell this is the 90s? Uh, Silver Surfer <laughs> Volume 3, number 52, had a Spider-Man appearance in it, uh, which was part of the Infinity Gauntlet crossover. And we also had Doctor Strange, number 32, which had, he makes a cameo appearance in the backup story that flashes back to Marvel Team-Up, number 68. 
Again, thank you to SamRuby.com for giving us these moments. So let's go to our historian, JR. Was this a good month for Spidey? Uh, to be absolutely honest, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> because this was in between, during the time between Amazing 262 and the Clone Saga where I was just burn stealing the issues. Yeah. Uh, unless they involved a goblin. <laughs> and uh, I did not buy 350 when it originally came out. I picked it up on the back issue bin when I went through a massive back issue buy. I remember Uncle Ben making an appearance and doing the with great power thing. But the only the only one I got of that for that month was Spectacular 179. And as I've stated before in my Goblin Prince articles, I hate vermin, and I hated that whole child abuse uh, spin on the storyline. So. Uh, but uh, now I, this this month is a blank for me. I don't know what I was doing in '91, but it sure wasn't reading <laughs> Spider-Man comics. Well, Bailey has done his research and he's read almost all these uh, just recently. What, what do you think, Michael? Is this a good month? Uh, I would say overall, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 350 was definitely the highlight of the month. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed this story. I, I actually read it like two days ago. Because we got to a, a Spider History Month that I actually had most of the books and I was all excited. <laughs> so, but uh, I really liked Eric Larson's take on Spider-Man. It was a neat story uh, with with Spider-Man uh, trying to help out the Black Fox who had run afoul of Doctor Doom. The, the main problem with the story is that at the beginning of the issue, Doctor Doom says, you have 24 hours to get me this jewel back. And they're like, okay, and Spider-Man goes home. He sleeps for nine hours. He goes to work. And then that <laughs> night, he gets back to what he's supposed to be doing. But in, in the meantime, he uh, he has a, a hallucination of Uncle Ben, who comes in and tells him that he's being, um, that he's being uh, irresponsible in not yeah. bringing the Black Fox in because, you know, I know, I know you blame yourself for my death, but, you know, just because he's an old man doesn't mean that he deserves your attention. Uh, the, the, uh, spectacular storyline wasn't bad because I like J.M. De Matisse and I like Sal Buscema, but the whole child abuse thing just creeped me out like yeah. you wouldn't believe. It was just like, oh my god, just, just don't say anything. Don't hint <laughs> at it. It, it, it. It's worse that way. Uh, I thought, uh, Subcity sucked when I first read it, and it really didn't do much for me now. Which one was but, Subcity? Was that the spec? Yeah. The Morbius okay. the one. Web- oh, the, oh, the Morbius one. Okay, got it. And the Web of issue was written by Terry Cavanaugh and was just Spider-Man fighting androids, and Silvermane shows up at the end. Kind of a prelude to Terminator 2, I'm guessing. <laughs> and it came out that summer, so yes. Yeah. yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I don't remember Deadly Foes of Spider-Man that well. Uh, I remember Lethal Foes of Spider-Man, yeah, uh, but not Deadly Foes. Apparently, stuff happened in that one too. Kev, did you read the Ghost Rider appearance? I don't remember. Uh, what, what was the issue exactly? Sixteen. It's got Blaze, and they're fighting the Hobgoblin. You know, I think I did read that. It's been a yeah. long time, but for the most yeah, part, I, I never really went for the uh, Demo Goblin Ghost Rider crossover stuff. Yeah. It was never really very good. Yeah. Ass. So Zach, you read a few of these issues. I how, did. How old were you in '91? Jeez, four. <laughs> How old was your dog? No, <laughs> my dog wasn't born yet. Um, Any highlights this month for you? Uh, three fifty. Uh, three fifty. 
uh, was a big highlight. I liked 350 because I mean it was a, it was a good anniversary issue. I mean we had un- Uncle Ben drawn in Dicko style. Mm-hmm. We had uh, we had Eric Larson knew how to draw Spidey back then. Then his later stuff when he did after the uh, reboot was just ass. Um, oh wait, we're not supposed to say that word today. I'm sorry. Zach's uh, taking over for me on the whole ass thing. Yeah, help you out there all I can there, Kevin. Um, I don't think I re- I think I didn't start reading um, either Spectacular or Web until afterwards. That's where my run starts um, after those stories. But three three fifty was good. I really liked three fifty one because it had uh, Mark Bagley. This was also Eric Larson's last issue on Spider Man, and uh, the very last pinup is half of uh, McFarlane, half Larson. Little uh, McFarland did the black spider, and my dog really liked that one. And uh, Larson did the the red and blues. Okay, gang, we're going to wrap up our third anniversary podcast show right about there. Now, in part two, we'll bring you live callers from around the world with their spider questions. But before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting us all these years. They're great to work with, and it's where I order my comics every month. An example of why I go back every month is Amazing Spider-Man number 608. The cover price is 3 bucks. Mail order has it for a buck 85, which is 38% off the cover. So it's basically today's comics at yesterday's prices. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Gang, I'm going to release the next show in a few days. I still have to edit it, but uh, we have three this month, so be on the lookout for each of the shows. Thanks again for listening. It's really been a blast these past three years, and I hope we're around for many, many more shows to come. For the SpidermanCrawlspace.com, I'm your webmaster and host, Brad Douglas.